Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. Well, good morning. All you that are in the room, all of our friends that are joining us online, and those that will listen on the radio this week, we are so glad that you're tuning in with us today. A little over 25 years ago, at a reception that followed a funeral for somebody in my family, it was a Saturday, and we were invited to a local coffee house in Baltimore, Maryland, called Joe's Place. I was 14 at the time, and we went, and there was this small room with free coffee, and there was a small stage area, and even though there wasn't a lot of people in the room, uh, maybe 20 people were there that particular evening, it was a place where there was just full of love, and it was a space where people were processing things in life and talking about faith, and, and so we started going regularly. My dad went the first couple of times, and then me and my brothers, we would just find rides to get there until I was able to drive, and we just kept coming back, and Eventually, the guy that led the coffee house invited me to come and to sing. They had open mic, and uh, open mic is a great opportunity to kind of share your gifts and talents and have fun. But if you've ever been to an open mic with non-professionals, it's also very entertaining. And so we would go and have a good time, and uh, it was really cool. But the thing was, on top of having uh, fun, it was also a place where we encountered Jesus in so many ways when I was a teenager, and for some of us, we were not just given the stage to, to share a song or a poetry or a spoken word or whatever, but we had the opportunity to talk about Jesus and share hope and use our gifts for the good of other people. My brother and I, we put together a band with some friends of ours, and we became the house band. And uh, those Saturday nights that helped us forge friendships, for, for me, I've had for 25 plus years that started on those Saturday evenings. And for almost seven years, Worth of Saturdays, our band would play at Joe's Place in Baltimore, and every single night when there was 20 people, eventually it, the coffee house actually grew beyond the size of the church. They actually built a building just for the coffee house, it became the fellowship hall for the church, because that 20 people grew to 200 and 300 people on Saturday nights for a number of years. But it didn't matter how many people were in the room, 20 or 200, every Saturday before the coffee house would close, the the founder and the leader, his name was Shannon Lewis, and he would speak these words over us, over everybody in the room. He would say that you are loved and you are valued. God has a destiny or a plan for your life. And it took almost seven years for those words to actually take root in my life. Now, the thing was, I was a professional church kid. I could find most of the books of the Bible without looking in the table of contents. My grandfather was a preacher. My dad was a musician. And uh, when I was younger, he toured every weekend almost. During the summer times, we were on tour buses. Uh, We were free labor for roadies, carrying in speakers and uh, hooking up cables. And I loved it. I loved that life. But the thing was, is because of that, I heard about God like every day, like it was like nonstop uh, for me. And you know, the thing is, is that I kept hearing about the love of God and, but it didn't matter. It didn't, it wasn't enough for me to really believe it. Like I would hear it and I could even believe it for other people, but I really struggled to believe it for myself. And I would see it in my own family in a lot of different ways where they loved God and they believed in God too, but there was a lot of fighting and pain that I saw. And I had my own struggles where the enemy would just kept bringing this stuff up in my life. 
And the thing is, it would cause me to question about the love of God because I would see all this pain in the world and all this pain in my own family. I'm like, how can the love of Jesus and all of this pain and hurt coexist? The problem with that was is that it kept me receiving the love of Jesus in my own life at a distance for a really, really long time. But Jesus does love me, and he really loves you too. And those words were true then, and they're just as true right now in this moment. In this series, with thoughts from this book from John Dickerson, with curated thoughts from this children's song, can seem so simple that we overlook the power in the words. But the thing is, is that they are true. They were true when this song was written. They were true when the Bible was penned. And they are true, just as true today. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Here's the way that I've processed that for a long time. Jesus does love me, I think. And this I should know. And I know that the Bible says that, but... But for many of us, we know the lyrics and some of us recognize the melody, but are we living like this is actually true? We're in week three of this series, Jesus Loves Me. In week one, Pastor Matt, he offered this big question to kick off the series. What must we believe about Jesus in order to tap into the power of God? And last week, he shared this. What must we believe about God's love in order for us to be transformed. And today, week three, our big question for today, what must we believe about who we are in order to better understand our need for Jesus? I remember a couple of years ago speaking with a friend that's a child psychologist, and I was at the time serving here at FCC, and I was co-leading our children's ministry Uh, with my friend Elena, and we were talking about so many of the struggles that some of our kids were dealing with in that season when I was serving in that role. And I remember he said something that was really important. He said, we need to try to change our thoughts and our minds because sometimes we can get so overwhelmed or frustrated when kids are acting up. If your parents, it's not just your kids, right? Or your grandkids. Like everybody's kids have moments. He said, but they're not bad kids. Just dismissing it as this is just a bad kid, it makes it too easy to dismiss what actually led to their bad behavior. Now, they could just be being a kid. They could just be having a moment. Some of you had a moment on the way to church this morning yourself. Um, I don't argue with my parents anymore about getting a candy bar at the checkout line, but I do argue with myself. Uh, because I know I shouldn't get, eat the candy bar. I'm like looking around, like nobody's here, God. I can just eat this candy bar. Should I eat this candy bar? I don't know if I should do this. It's not really worth the money. Candy bars are like four times the price that they were like two days ago. <laughs> but here's the thing about bad behavior. It does need to be addressed, and it is helpful when it is corrected, whether that's true in adults or children alike, but it doesn't change the value or the significance of a child, regardless of how bad their behavior are. And this is what our our friend was sharing with us, the child psychologist. He said, what may seem bad sometimes is them having a moment. Sometimes it's immaturity. Sometimes it's growth. Sometimes it's a reaction to something. Sometimes it's because they have been misinformed or trauma-informed. Now, this is true for most people, too. Most of the time when you get hurt by somebody, it's because they are hurting. 
was talking with somebody yesterday. We were talking about them having a bad experience at a restaurant uh, from a waitress and her lack of customer service. I said, what value is it of her or for her to treat you poorly or respond to you poorly when that's how she makes a living? Well, then she should have done a better job. I said, more than likely, somebody right before you treated her like garbage. She's still trying to process that. And if you've ever had to lift off of tips, you know how hard that is to have to be on all the time when you have your manager putting pressure on you and the kitchen's putting pressure on you and their clients are push, putting pressure on you. And the truth is, is that hurt people hurt people. That's why that happens. And a few weeks ago, I was talking to someone that God put something in my heart, just been processing it heavily, that unhealed trauma is a thief. And it continues to play out and reverb in our lives and impacts people around us. But here's the thing. Even when we're unhealed, even when we're struggling, even when we've been hurt, it doesn't change the fact that God loves us. And it may distract us, though. That's the problem. It can distract us from feeling or seeing or believing that Jesus loves us. Again, our question for today what must we believe about who we are in order to better understand our need for Jesus? Number one, we are created by God for good. You have been created by God for good. Genesis 1:27. so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. Now, three different times, in one verse, we see the word created, which speaks to the intentionality and the purpose. He didn't just create us to exist or to get by or to occupy space or time, but with intentionality because of his love. And I've heard some parents refer to one of their kids as an accident or a surprise. And if you've said that before, I'm not here to pick on you, right? But most of us know how babies are made. And if you need a diagram, I'll find somebody to draw that for you. But I know that when most people say those things, they don't intend harm. But regardless of the accident or the unplanned scenario or the surprise or even the pain, there has never been a baby formed in the womb of their mama, even if their time on this side of eternity was brief, that was not deeply loved and is not deeply loved by Jesus. So the next time that you look at someone with anything but love in your heart, try to remember that they were made in the image of Almighty God. And this is hard when people hurt us to look at them through this lens. And regardless of whether you agree with them about everything or not, or you get along or not, regardless of the way that they live or the things that they do or say, where they come from, how they look, their beliefs, their faith, their political persuasion, the way that they talk or don't talk, they were made just like you in the image of almighty God. And they too are deeply loved, just like you. And if anyone is going to love the broken and the hurting and the different than us and share hope with the lost of this world and treat them as God's sons and daughters that just need to come home, it should be us as followers of Jesus. You were created by God and they were created by God and all of us were created with a purpose and for good. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
You need to stop writing yourself off as a lost cause. You need to stop writing other people off as a lost cause because we have been created by God for good things. And whether we're walking in that truth and whether the person that you're struggling with is walking in that truth, it doesn't change the fact that it's still true. We're created by God for good. Number two, we are broken by sin and shame. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that sin costs us more than we want to pay. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. But God did not give up on us, even in our sin. Ephesians 2, beginning in verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. And while most people would agree that our world is a broken place, we may not all agree about how to fix it. Maybe some of you have seen this video clip I've seen circulating on the internet the last couple of months. It's this minister sharing about the thief on the cross next to Jesus and the power of hope that Jesus in his death and resurrection bring. And he says this, think about the thief on the cross. I can't wait to find that fellow one day to ask him, how did that shake out for you? You made it. How did you make it? And that's what the angel must have said to him. You know, like, what are you actually doing here? After he died, the man says, I don't know. And the angel says, what do you mean you don't know? And the man, well, because I don't know. The angel, well, you know what? Let me get my supervisor angel. So they go get the supervisor angel. So we've got a couple of questions for you, sir. First of all, are you clear on the doctrine of justification by faith? And the guy says, I've never heard of that. And what about, let's go to the doctrine of scripture immediately. And the guy's just staring. And eventually in frustration, Apparently, angels get frustrated. On what basis are you here? And he said, the man on the middle cross said I could come. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. You don't have to have it all together, but you need Jesus. We need Jesus because we are broken by our sin in our shame. And I included shame in this because it seems that in a lot of cases, definitely in my life, this is true in a lot of other people that I know. Our sin may happen in a moment. It may be a few seconds or a few minutes or a short season, but the shame, the shame keeps us jacked up, keeps us bound for much longer. And even talking to Pastor Matt after first service, we were talking about this and he was talking about, you know, I know that when I have sinned, I feel shame attached to that sometimes and the enemy would just kind of hammer on that but sometimes we feel shame because of other people's sin people have done us harm and this has happened to some of you in this room and some of you that are watching online people have done harm to us they have sinned against heaven and us they've sinned against God and in us and then we have shame because of that but that shame does not come from Jesus Romans 8 beginning in verse 1 therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. God wants you to be free. You know, and we can feel convicted as people 
being led by God, being led to God, that the Holy Spirit can convict us to make different decisions or better decisions or places of surrender or whatever to respond to the redemption that he offers to us. God never called us to walk in shame. We're created by God for good and we're broken by sin and shame. And last but certainly not least, we are worthy of love and restoration. And for some of you, especially that word love, you can believe that for everybody else in this room but yourself. Maybe because of the way some other people that were supposed to love you well didn't. We have a hard time with this. But God loves you and he's here to restore us. But not because of how good we are but because of his goodness, because of his grace, because of the love of Jesus. And here's the best part. It's not just for you. It's not just for me. It's for everybody. God wants that for everybody. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. And maybe for some of you that word to reconcile, reconciliation, maybe you've used it in another context. Like if you had a cash register, you need to, to reconcile how much money's in there or how much money was in there. Or maybe if you've worked in an environment with inventory, you had to reconcile the, the count of inventory. But the word reconcile, especially here, it means to restore a relationship, to make a relationship that has been broken right. Maybe not the same, but right again. God can do that. And he wants us to be reconciled, but the thing is, is he wants others to as well. And now he's given us this ministry of reconciliation. As much as hurt people, hurt people. Save people, we should serve people. We need to bring other people to Jesus, to be reconciled, because Jesus loves you and me, and them. Brennan Manning, in his book, The Ragamuffin Gospel, he said this, and it's always really resonated with me. He said, my deepest awareness of myself is that I am deeply loved by Jesus Christ, and I have done nothing to earn it or deserve it. We must believe about who, what must we believe about who we are in order to better understand our need for Jesus. We're created by God for good. We are broken by sin and shame. We are worthy of love and restoration. Yesterday, I, I flew north for a memorial for a friend of mine. I've had two friends pass away in the last month and a half, and I knew I only had the resources to go to one of the services, and I was praying about which one to go to, and so I went. And the thing is, is that I had to take a risk because I had to fly to Baltimore yesterday and fly home knowing I had to preach today. And I don't like added stress. I don't like to add stress to my life. But adding airplanes into your schedule adds stress. And, um, and yesterday when I was sitting on the tarmac, I was thinking about Matt's going to kill me if I don't get back because I'm preaching in the morning. And um, so I didn't, I didn't actually mention it to him until this morning once I was back. Um, and <laughs> So uh, thankfully I got back, but the entire way there, 
this older song by J.J. Weeks and his band, this, this chorus of the song just, just became my prayer. It was an anthem. At one point, I even just turned soaky music on. I just couldn't get this out of my head. It says, let them see you in me and let them hear you when I speak and let them feel you when I sing and let them see you and let them see you in me. And a few of his family members, we were talking and they were like, how long are you in town for? And I said, four hours. And even the rental car guy, he was like, so you're bringing the car back tomorrow? I said, no, I'll be back in four hours. And he's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm here to, to come to this memorial for a friend of mine just to minister to his family. And a couple of his family members asked me why I would spare the expense. I said, well, for one, I feel like God wanted me to come here. And I know that God will provide in that way. But the reality of it is, is that Jesus loved my friend Seth and he loves you. And he wanted me to be here to remind you of that. And on the flight home, I just kept thanking the Lord for the opportunity to be there and for the opportunity. Uh, I could just see him working in the midst of even this tragic loss of my dear friend. And I was thanking the Lord for the opportunity to work at First Christian Church and hopefully not get fired because my flight got canceled. And as I sat on the tarmac for an hour, I was like, God, you wanted me to do this. You gotta get me home. And he did. Late, but I got here. In John 13, 35, Jesus said that they will know that you follow me by your love. Not just by what you say. Not just by the t-shirt that you wear or the fact that you go to church. But by your love because he loves you. And he loves them, whoever them are. And he loves me. Now, because of who Jesus is, he's able to minister to all of us in his own way. But I, I know for this to make a difference in our lives individually, we can't just live like this is true until we really believe that this is true. So we're going to put the words on the screen. I want you to do me a favor, and we're going to say these together. We are created by God for good. We are broken by sin and shame. We are worthy of love and restoration. Now we're gonna say these again one more time, but this time we're gonna say them with the word I instead of we. I've been created by God for good. and I was broken by sin and shame and I am worthy of love and restoration. And yes, you are my dear sister. And yes, you are my dear brother. And it's time that we start living like this is true because it is true. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving us. God, I pray that you would help us to share that love with a hurting world. God, no blessing in our life is just for us. You bless us to be a blessing to other people. And God, the truth is for some of us, and this has definitely been true in my own life, our faith is our best kept secret. But God, you have not changed our life for us to just hold on to that. You have changed our life so we can bring that same hope to other people. You remind us to always be prepared to share about the hope in Jesus that we have with other people and even to do that with 
gentleness. God, I know under the sound of my voice, there are some people that they believe these words and they can say them for other people, but they still struggle to believe them for themselves in a way that only you are capable of because you're God and you're good. God, that you would make them more aware of your presence in their life and somehow that they would become more aware of the love that you have for them so that they can come to a place where they can live like this is not just a song and that your words are not just for others, but that they too would know that they are deeply loved, that you're not finished working in their life. And God, I pray that we never forget even on our best days that we need Jesus as desperately as we did on our worst days. We thank you for it and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at FCCFM.org.